be seated. And thank you, worship team, for bringing us into the throne of God. Good morning, church. Good morning, my good morning, and I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what a beautiful day it is to be in the house of the Lord. Say amen. If, amen. 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 Are you ready to hear the word of God this morning? Are you ready? All right. I got to get you excited because God is here, church. He is here. And you know, um, Many of you heard many times on the platform, Major talked about about a month ago, we took uh, 30 of us, there were 30 of us that went to California for certainly to compete for the Encore competition and then to attend the commissioning of the new, the new officers, the new lieutenants. And so I just want to show you some pictures I want to share with you. And here is the first picture. Okay, you see, that trip was amazing. That trip brought a lot of things. It was great. But can I just tell you, there was a lot of waiting time. We waited for to be on the plane. We got there three hours early. So can you imagine the waiting? See, the kids were like were li- lining up, ready to go on board the plane. And then there were meetings we needed to go to. And if you've been, and many of you know what meeting is like, you're waiting for it to end. And see how our kids were waiting to end that meeting. This is that meeting. See, that's just the kids. Can you imagine the adults? And there were some pretty incriminating adult pictures. And I didn't want to show that to you, really. And then, after the weekend, we had an opportunity to go to Disneyland. Wow, yes, Disneyland. Just take a deep breath. Yes, lines here, lines there, lines everywhere, here and there. That's what it was. And we were in the middle of those lines. And guess what had to, we had to do? Wait, 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 and wait. But thank goodness for Fast Pass. Because if you've been to Disneyland, it makes, you, it makes your wait less. But certainly waiting. Church, how many of you love to wait? Wow, I'm in a good company this morning. None of us. I don't know of anyone who loves and likes to wait. And if you know of someone, please let, let me know. I want to know what their secret is. But how do you feel about waiting? Mm, some of you have your opinions about waiting, huh? Do you enjoy a nice, long wait? I tell you, it's hard for me to wait when I stand in line at Safeway. Or Christmas time, as we get to the holidays at the post office. Yeah, some of you can, can understand what I'm going through here, right? Okay, it's hard to wait at a stoplight sitting behind an accelerator Challenged driver, a.k.a. slow driver. How many of you are slow drivers in the house? No one wants to admit, but that's okay. But I don't like it. I really don't like it. And it's hard to wait when the light turns on green and then you're like, hello, it's green. All right? So I don't like that. It's hard to wait when you pull up to the gas station and all of the pumps are all occupied. Oh, Safeway, I guess that's where he goes. All right, you know what? So this morning, I want to kind of give you, I've got two scenarios that I want to go through with you and see how well is your waiting meter. Okay, so we're going to go through this. We're going to take it before I, we're going to put it on the screen in a little while, but let me give you a scenario here. You are going to the Aloha Stadium for a, either a, a football or whatever, a concert. I don't know what they are, but no more normally football, right? You are entering the Aloha Stadium, and you're right there where you're paying the attendant for parking. 
right? But right before you get there, the car in front of you already paid their parking, but somehow they know each other, so they're starting to talk to each other and having extensive conversation. And so, think for a moment, church, what are you going to do? A, you're sitting there and you're like, cool, I'm good about this, I'm cool, I will wait. B, you're upset and start to talk in the car. You're talking to yourself or whoever you're with. Okay, that's C, you honk your horn and start yelling at the attendant. Oh, yeah, oh, okay, I, I want, I'm not really asking for you to outly say it, but you can. You start to honk and the driver in front of you, A, B, C, which one would you do? Keep it to yourself. And I can see some of you are already expressing it by your body language. All right, that's scenario one. Scenario two, you are sitting just like this in, your, in a doctor's office, and you have not been seen for, you've been waiting there for about an hour, an hour and a half. Ooh, ooh, some heads are shaking, some heads are going up and down, side to side. Okay, how do you respond? A, you're like, you're sitting there and said, oh, here's some magazines. I can... I can do this. I can catch up on my reading and maybe find out what's going on in Hollywood and politics and things like that. And you're waiting patiently. B, how about this? You sit there and you tell them what's going on with you and hoping your illness, right, the grosser it is, maybe they'll go away and you'll be the next person in line to go quicker. Or C, you make way to the receptionist or the nurse or whoever you can find and say, how long will I have to wait? How long? And the next thing you sit down, next thing you're up again. Really, how long is it going to be? How many of you do that? No, don't say anything. Don't, don't raise your hand. A, B, or C? All right, maybe all of the above, right? All of them. But church, how well did you do in your waiting meter? Is that meter going up higher and all building up? Just talking about waiting. Well, it's going to be a test for you this morning because I'm going to preach a two-hour sermon. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Let's see how you wait this morning. It's a test of your meter. Well, church, those two scenarios are just fairly casual kind of waiting. Because you see, there are other more serious kind and difficult kinds of waiting in our lives. There are those waiting for a single person to see if God has marriage in, in store for him and for her. And there's the waiting for a, a couple who's been wanting to have children and desperately want to start a family, but after day, after day, after weeks and weeks, and their prayer goes unanswered. And there's a waiting of someone who longs to have a work that is meaningful and significant, but it doesn't happen. And there's the waiting of a, of a spouse that's trapped in a hurting marriage that seems unable to change. Waiting, and the list goes on. And waiting is part of what it means to be human. Part of what it means to be human. You see, as humans, we have limitations. Limitations that unlike our God, we lack the ability to see into the future. Being human, we cannot know the hearts of people around us. And we often don't even know our own hearts at times, but because we lack the ability to control all the people and situations. Therefore, as a result, church, we are left to wait. To wait. And you see, waiting is a Christian discipline. 
a Christian discipline. And you ask why? Because we are not naturally um, inclined or wired to wait. Think of babies. How many have babies in the home? I mean, they were babies, your children. And babies are not born patient. When they are hungry, oh oh, they demand what? They demand food to be fed, to be changed, to be entertained now. Right? And children, if you have young children at home, children have no concept of time. That's why they keep asking why, how long, how come, and those kind of things. And no sense of tomorrow. And no patience to wait. That's why they're always all over. You let them sit and they'll never sit for a little bit. That's what children are. But waiting comes with maturity. And waiting is something we must work at. And sometimes for us, it's a lot of work. Sometimes maybe easier, but it, needs, it develops over time. And even when we grow to adulthood, waiting remains to be challenging and becomes a problem. Let me tell you a story of a woman who was waiting in the checkout line at a local grocery store. I didn't say what grocery store, but she was fuming. She was fuming mad, and she came, she came to the store to purchase a new broom along with some cleaning supplies, and, and she was certainly in a hurry. She was in a hurry, and the line was not moving as fast as she would like it to be for her, so it did not please her at all. And certainly the people around her could knew that she, she they knew that they were she was mad they were feeling her frustration from her body language and from the sounds that people make when they're angry and, and standing in line you know what i'm talking about what kind of sounds she's making but certainly when the cashier called for a price check in front of her can you imagine what she was gonna do she was that delayed her hurriness she was just needed to get out of there and so the woman said this she made a remark well I'd be lucky to get out of here and be home before Christmas. Now, picking up on her comment, the clerk replied to the woman, Don't worry, ma'am. With that wind kicking up out there and that brand new broom that you have there, you'll be home in no time. Ouch, 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 ooh. Are you good at waiting? Are you good at waiting? I tell you, you know, you, you know why you're laughing? Because you know you've been there. You know what that's like. You know, as a believer, as a follower of Christ's church, the question is, do you know how to wait on the Lord? We know how to wait on other things, but asking how do you wait on the Lord? Can I tell you that waiting is not killing time? How often do you say, just sit there and wait and kill time? No, waiting is not killing time. When we are inactive or lifeless in our spiritual lives, we tend to to drift in our commitment. But certainly God is not inactive when we are waiting. When we are waiting on, on God, and he is there most often working behind the scenes. And he is putting missing pieces together in our lives in place so that his will can be done in our lives. And this morning, church, if you have your Bible with you, I'd like you to take it out. If you have your Bible, your iPhone, your smartphone, whatever things you have that has your Bible, I want you to turn to an Old Testament passage, Psalm 130. And it's a passage that is known as the Psalm of Waiting. 
And Psalm 130 presents to us this morning a beautiful image. And I, lo- I learned through pictures. I love pictures. It's an image where the writer, the psalmist, speaks of himself and of his crying out to God, waiting for the appearance of Jehovah and praying to God on behalf of his nation. You see, this picture, this passage summarizes all the human, the humanness of us, the human conditions that we have, conditions as searching, grieving, and longing to be forgiven, and so much more. He says, out of the depths I wait for the Lord. It is a normal human condition, waiting for God. There is not one among us here who has not been at some point in life in the depths. In the depths. In an overwhelmingly place of waiting. Think about the waiting that you've done. Waiting for prayers to be answered. Waiting for surgery to be over. Or waiting for a surgery to come upon you on that date. Waiting for a yes at the end of lots of no's. Waiting for peace to prevail, waiting for things to make sense again, waiting for reconciliation when relationships break down, waiting for healing to come. We all know what it's like to wait, don't we, church? But we also live in a time and a culture, society that is increasingly impatient in waiting. Someone has called this age of acceleration. You see, we are in grave danger of losing our ability to wait. And you're probably sensing it, that life moves at a staggering pace. We send a text and an email, and we expect an immediate answer, don't we? If something happens in the world, and there goes an alert comes on on your phone, or wherever you have made an alert, on your phone or your your computer or wherever it may be, the news comes out there. When you need some kind of information, Google is right there. It comes on. And when you when you want to take pictures, you don't have to wait for those to be developed at longs. Or anywhere that it just happened. You take a picture, it's done. How about Netflix? On demand, it pulls off movies like crazy at any time, any time of day or night. How about those ebooks? Don't need to buy them. They're all in your computer. Easy to go with just a click or a push of a button. How about food? They're fast nowadays, right? How about curry? They brew coffee. They think it's real, but it brews faster, doesn't it? Who on earth has any time more to wait? Who on earth has has time any more to wait with all of that? But church, yet the Bible would have us know that The life of faith, the journey of faith is largely a matter of waiting. That word waiting, waiting is not to be associated with boredom and contentment. Actually, waiting is closely related to the word hope. Hope has been described as this creative waiting. It is is hope when everything is not so boring, it's not about contentment, it is expectation. Hope, it, it is, it anticipates. And I like what Psalm 135 and 6 says, and this is it. And if you have your Bible, it says, I will wait for the Lord, my whole being waits. And other translation says, my soul 
awaits. And in his word, I put my hope. I will wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. And he says it not just once. He says it more than watchmen wait for the morning. Church, in our faith journey, in your faith journey this morning, we often find ourselves. We find ourselves in God's waiting room. We find ourselves there. And today you might find yourself there in God's waiting room. And there are three things I'd like us to remember that will help us as we wait in God's waiting room. And first, this is from verse 5 of 130. When you find yourself waiting, the word is look. Look. Look where? Look up. Look to God. And the psalm says, the psalmist says, I wait for the Lord. Can you say that? Can you say that phrase? I wait for the Lord. Okay, and I want you to say that. We're not just saying, I wait for the Lord. No, you go, I wait for the Lord. You look, that's right. You wait on the Lord. You wait for the Lord by looking up. Looking up. It is our expectations. Our expectations must be directed toward him. Toward God and no one else. You see, looking up, looking up involves seeking the Lord. Seeking God. And Lamentation says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the person who seeks him. Who seeks him. Waiting always means seeking the Lord. And when you enter God's waiting room, church, we are not just to sit there like you would sit in a doctor's waiting area. Rather, we need to spend time seeking him, and this means that we need to spend time in his word. We need to study his word. We need to seek answers and claim his promises. Amen? And not that. Not, that's not it. We need to continue time to pray. Praying about things that are going on in our lives. Issues. Praying for wisdom. Praying for discernment. Time to meditate on him of who God is. You see, and ask him what he wants for us. And as we spend time in the word and with God, guess what? Change happens. It allows us to evaluate ourselves, our motives, our attitudes, our values, our priorities, our goals. Whether you're young to the mature ones in the house, that's what God does. Looking, seeking, and watching. Isn't that amazing? And what do they all have in common? It's all about us looking to God, looking to God. And here in verse 6 of 130, it says that word, I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for morning, for the morning. Yes, more than watchmen wait for the morning. And you're like, what in the world is that say? Can I just tell you that the psalmist here tells us this is how we wait. The psalmist says, see, that watchmen were people that would sit on walls of a city. And now if you've been to Israel or Jerusalem and in all those European countries, they have walls, right, to where you can sit on the top. And I can imagine if they had binoculars or anything that you can go through, they probably were using it. Because you see, they would look out and they would declare to the city, to the army, to the kings that there's another army coming. Another army coming that they were going to attack them. And you see, the, this is how the, it helped the nation of Israel fight their enemies. You see, these watchmen would sit on the walls and they were prepared. 
They were ready. And, and here, if you are in your life a season of waiting, this is what the psalmist wants us to do. We need to, be, to have the character of a watchman. A watchman gets to sit and they will get to look out and they would wait and then watch what comes out. And, but they do not get to control what comes out. We have no control over it. And they get to say, hey, there's an army approaching. But they don't get to create an army. And they, they would say, they don't get to, they could say, they cannot even initiate a counterattack. Or what they have to do is just to sit there and wait on the Lord and to look up to God and to watch out. And sometimes that's what waiting feels like, doesn't it? Can't do anything about our situation. But God says, look out. Because you see, that waiting and plus watching equals hope. Watch. We watch patiently for God to show up. I don't know about you, church, but my tendency is far more to control. To control than to watch. My tendency, especially, is in the space between where I'm supposed to wait is when I'm going to go out and I'm going to make it happen. Waiting and hoping does not mean I have to, to, to do nothing. It means that we go out whatever we do on a regular basis. What God has given us, the jobs, the homes, the relationships. But we can go out and act with confidence. Expectation that our God is on the move. That he is on the move and he is at work. Because you see, God is at work all around us at all times. At all time. So when we wait upon the Lord, church, we need to be encouraged and renewed. But sometimes in our humanness, we get so busy. We get so busy and get caught up in all of that. But God just requires of us is this, church, is to be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Number one, when you are waiting, look to God. Look to God. And second thing this morning is that when you find yourself waiting in God's waiting room is this. Secondly, be willing to learn. Learn from God. Because you see, church, waiting is all of our part. It's everyone's part. Regardless of what, how old you are, what, what phase are you in your life. But one thing is certain. God's waiting room is a classroom. God's waiting room is the classroom. It is all about teaching. It's all about teaching us. And we think we are on a way, waiting on God or waiting on someone else, but when in truth is God is waiting for us to learn from him. He's teaching us, and he's teaching us a lesson to develop us into the character that he wants us to be. Psalm 130 verse 5, that second half, it says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. Being in the waiting room, in the classroom, you see our soul is the center of our being. It's where our, our, our mind, our emotions, our will, and when we are placed in situations that we have no control of and are forced to wait, we can be sure of that God is teaching us something. God is teaching us, waiting for us to learn and apply opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to learn. And one way to learn is that we need to learn. It teaches us about ourselves. It doesn't, when you're waiting, it doesn't teach you about what other people, it's really about ourselves, isn't it? God tells us that when you are dealing with a situation, sometimes it's a test. It's a test of 
that measures us. How much is your faith and confidence in God? How well do you know God? Are you selfish? Are you a selfish person or are you a selfless person? Are you patient? Are you impatient? And when you are waiting, waiting will expose all of that, doesn't it? It does. And waiting teaches us patience. How many of you like patience? Well, we are not liking waiting. We are not liking patience. But patience is a, is a lesson to be learned when we are waiting. Waiting and patience plays a central role in scriptures. Imagine the, the people that God developed. Abraham and Sarah waited a long time to have a ch- a child and children. Um, Joseph was given a dream of promotion. That took a while. David, King David was chosen, but took him a while to become king. But see, something about being impatient. You see, Proverbs tells us impatience will get you into trouble. Can I hear an amen? Yes, impatience get you into trouble. It's frustrating to be in a hurry when God isn't. God is never in a hurry. You see, the Bible says a day is like what? A thousand years. And a thousand years like a day to God. He's larger than time, church. One of the most useless things to try to do is to speed up God. Yeah, you can speed up your car, go for it, do whatever you want, just don't get caught. But you can't speed up God. You can't. And when we try to take matters into our own own hands and to help God out, we get in trouble. And certainly God doesn't need our help. We need his help, don't we? And if you think about it, patience is all about surrendering our control. This is difficult, so difficult for us. You see, for me, instead of waiting, I am tempted to manipulate the circumstances. How many of you do that? In order to get what I want, when I want it. Waiting demands patience. It demands that we give God the keys. The keys. Think of your keys. You're saying, God, I'm giving you the key of my life. And you take care of it. Because you see, patience produces what? Character. And character produces hope. We learn patience. And lastly, in the learn from God is this, church. Waiting on God can also teach us to trust him. Trust in God's timing. He knows he's got the good clock, the big clock. It says, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him to act. Don't fret and worry. It only leads to what? To harm. You see, resting can be an act of faith. It means you're waiting on God. And remember the story when Jesus and his disciples were in a boat and a big storm came and what was Jesus doing? He's sleeping, and Jesus kept on sleeping through all of this, the commotions and all the disciples being scared. And when Jesus, and when they woke him up, they asked him, why are you sleeping? And Jesus said something kind of like this, do you think God is going to let the boat sink with me in it? Really? By sleeping through the storm, Jesus is saying that we can trust God even in the middle of a storm. And church, when we get into a storm, and you know what I'm talking about, we tend to lay awake all night and worry about it, don't we? But that means that we're not living by faith. We can't get any sleep because we don't really trust God to work it out. God says, don't worry. Remember, I'm always with you and trust my timing. Trust my timing and worry only makes you miserable. Yes? 
How many of you likes to be miserable? And if you want to be miserable, please worry. Don't do that. God says, no, worry makes you miserable. So stop worrying and start trusting God to work in you, through you, while you're in this waiting time to get to where you're supposed to be. You see, whether it has to do with our relationships, our finances, our jobs, our careers, our dreams, our children, whatever it may be, we need to trust God because, you see, he knows what he's doing. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, my lifelong verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. Submit to him and he will make your path straight. See, church, I can't force the appointment to come sooner. I can't. I can't, I can't change, I can't make somebody change their mind about me. I can't fast forward the next hour, the next day, the next month, the next year. But waiting is partly, it's about our need to ask God's help. We're powerless. We're powerless. We need God. And that's always, when we're waiting, it's always an invitation for God to be at work in us. See, when we're waiting on God, I love this verse, Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait. Wait on the Lord. And Elizabeth Elliot expressed this attitude of waiting when she wrote, I know not what the future holds, what in one hour may be, but I can wait while it unfolds and trust implicitly. So when you're waiting in in God's waiting room, we need to look to him. We need to learn from him. And lastly, this morning, and thank you for waiting so patiently. We're getting there in the home stretch. When you find yourself waiting, we need to listen to God. Listen to God. Look, learn, and listen. Listening to who? Listening to God. Because in his word, in, in, in his word, I put my hope. God speaks to us, church. I don't know about you, but he does speak to us through his word. And it is the guidebook of life. In his word, he gives us. And in his word, we connect with him. And if you are not spending time in his word, church, can I tell you, God is getting a busy signal. You're too busy doing other things and not spending time with the Lord. Because you see, God's will is found in God's word. God's will is found in God's word. And this word is so powerful that it is says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is what? God breathed. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training so that all servants of God, like you and me, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God speaks to his word, through his Holy Spirit, through prayer, through people who are godly around you. Use them, seek their counsel and certainly God speaks through our circumstances. I don't know about you, it's when the most you know that God needs your attention is through your circumstances. God will speak to your heart. And all that, I, if you do not know what to do, church, wait on the Lord until you're sure you know what to do. When you are in the dark, wait for God's light. When you are weak, wait for his strength. When you have lost your way, wait for God's direction. When you are overcome with sorrow, Wait for God's comfort. Because you see, he strengthens us. And Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They were what? They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. 
they will, they will walk and not faint. Waiting. Waiting on the Lord is disciplined, expectant, and sometimes painful. But waiting on the Lord is a daily decision, church. It is a decision that you say, God, I will trust you and I will obey you even though the circumstances of my life are not turning out the way I want them to. And they may never turn out the way I want them to. I'm trusting everything on you, God. There's no plan B. No plan B. That's waiting on the Lord, church. And it is the hardest work of hoping. It is the hardest work of hoping. And so, church, this morning, I don't know where you are, but I know that in the seasons of waiting, in the seasons of waiting, in God's waiting room, you could be going into a season of waiting. Some of you are probably in a season of waiting. And some of you are probably getting out of a season of waiting. But no matter what you're waiting for, what season you are in in your life today, God tells us is this, that we need to look up to him. That we need to learn from him to be patient and to trust him. And lastly, to listen to God. Amen? And that's a challenge for each and every one of us. And church, I began earlier about our trip to Disneyland. And here's a picture. And one thing as I look back through all the pictures, look at how happy they are. Happy, smiling, and I said, how can they be happy with all those lines? Really? But guess what? Can you imagine what the end of that ride was? It was full of enjoyment and fun. And God says, the thief comes, can I, can you put that? Thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And the next slide shows more of them all lining up for a next ride, all enjoying it. And that's all God wants us to. As we wait on the Lord, he wants us to look up, learn, and listen. And at the same time, he wants us to enjoy life, enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride. Because at the end of it, when the Lord takes us, it's just going to be a wonderful journey. And church, as the worship teams come up, I don't know where you are in God's waiting room. I don't know where you are. You're waiting for a phone call to come in, a results to be answered, waiting for the next move in your life, waiting for that next job, waiting for school to come. You might be crazy if you're waiting for school if you're a student, but it's going to come. But how are you going to deal when those situations come? Look, learn, and listen. As the worship team sings, the song says, I need you, Lord. Lord, I need you. This is your opportunity. A place of prayer is here. Whatever you're waiting on today, ask God to help you. The cross is here in God's waiting room. Can you imagine that? You're not alone. God is with us all the time. And he just asks us to ask him to join, to be part of our journey together. Respond as the worship team sings. Waiting can be very overwhelming. Waiting is this part we've learned. It's part of life, but certainly we can do it on ourselves. We know we have a God. We have a God that we can turn to. And so with our every head bow and eyes closed this morning, church, if you have a prayer that you want me to pray for and lift it up to the Lord, go ahead and raise your hand. Yes, amen. God knows what is going on in your waiting season. 
God knows, and I certainly don't, but certainly God is saying this morning, let me go with you. Let me help you through your waiting. Let me strengthen you. You're not alone through this. And church, we're together in this, in a journey of faith. And God has encouraged us. I hope he has this morning. Yes, thank you. Amen. God bless you. Father God, we come to you this morning grateful and thankful for who you are. And Father, you, we do have to wait. Part of who we are, we wait. Part of life. And struggles are real. And there are struggles that we have to wait on and on. But somehow, Lord, this morning you have just enlightened us, encouraged us, renewed us to know that we are not alone. That in our God waiting, in a God waiting room, you are there through every step of the way. Thank you for those who have raised their hands and all their requests and all of their needs, whatever it may be. We lift them up to you, Lord, and lay it at the foot of the cross. And Father, we love you and we praise you for who you are this morning. Continue to be with us as we go out into the world and face all what we need to face this week. But Father, we are going with an expectation and a hope knowing that you are there and that you will be there and that we will claim the victory this week. And Father, we love you and thank you. Help us to look up to you, learn from you, and listen to you, God. We ask this in your son's mighty and precious name. Amen. 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 Amen.